0: Welcome to Unstoppable. I'm your host, Kerwin Ray, and today we talk all things gratitude with the gorgeous Angela Simpson. And in this episode, we'll be talking to her because she is the CEO of the Gratitude Project. And gratitude is something that is so important to me. I think the more grateful we are for the things that we have, the more these things expand and the more we actually bring into our lives. And she actually talks about this. She's a health coach, integrative health coach, writer, and also a happiness expert. And she now uses her skills and her grateful life experience to guide people into a happier way of living. And so today we talk about her company, The Gratitude Project, and what it means and how to practice gratitude in each and every day things in order to have it affect not only your lives, but the lives of everyone around you. Angela is amazing. You're going to want to listen to this. Check it out. Listen up. Ladies and gentlemen, it is my great pleasure to welcome Angela Simpson.
1: Hi, thank you for having me.
0: I got that right, didn't I? <laughs>
1: you did get that right. I
0: wasn't sure if there was a P. There's
1: no P. There's no
0: silent P. My father in law
1: says it's Simpson. It's it's a dry Simpson. It's a
0: dry, a without dry Simpson. With a oh wow. <laughs> it's
1: like a dad joke.
0: It is a bit of a dad joke. It's He's training you well. <laughs> you were just saying you've got kids.
1: Yes, two. Two kids. They're so beautiful.
0: Two, two girls. girls. Two girls. Oh yes. wow. Heavy yes. feminine energy in your house.
1: Like a lot. Full
0: respect to your husband.
1: Yeah, like a lot. He's like, yeah, let's go number three. And I was like, yeah, let's go. Yeah, we'll trick. probably get a third girl. So you got a five year old? Five year old and a one and a half year old. Yeah. Wow. I've got a four and a half
0: year old, and I swear to God, he thinks he's 14.
1: Yeah, Yeah. I find my five-year-old's like that. She's ruling the house. And I'm like, it's not on. I'm like, I'm the boss. And she's like, "Mm -hmm, "Yeah,
0: sure. You just think that. You can think that. I'll give you permission to think that at least for the next few hours. Yeah. Now, listen, for those people who don't know who Angela Simpson is, uh, give us the snapshot. Who are you? Why are you here?
1: I don't know why I'm here. I think your (laughs) girls liked me. Some of the girls that work here liked me. They love you. Yeah, which is good. Um, No, I look, when people ask me who I am, I just... To me, first and foremost, I'm just me. I'm just a human, but I suppose by actively promoting the things that I'm passionate about online I somehow gained a following and now I'm I'm a health coach or I was I don't really do coaching anymore yeah. at the moment just focusing a bit more on mum life.
0: Okay.
1: Um, I'm obviously a mum and I just love to write blog speak I love to get women together that's one of my biggest passions is you know I see so many women especially mums who kind of struggle and feel like they don't have other people who understand where they're at and so one of my big passions is really finding a way to get those women together.
0: Right. Yeah. And gratitude plays a big part of what you do.
1: Huge part. That's how I started everything I did. I realised I was kind of like crying in my first world problems. Like,
0: Yeah, right.
1: You know, life is hard. Life is so hard. Life is
0: not hard. (laughs) So, tell us your story. Where did it all begin?
1: I suppose my business began with when my first daughter was born um, she was born with a funny neck nothing serious but she couldn't turn her head left so we had to take her to the chiropractor and it was just one of those days where i was drowning in first world problems so i was like Getting in the car. She was crying. I was like, this is so hard. I have to keep pulling over because I need to feed her to calm her down. And she's crying and it's hot. you can feed her on one
0: side because she can't turn to exactly. the left. Exactly. Yeah, and right. I'm like,
1: oh, my gosh, I've got to go to the chiropractor. Walking and walking in like, circles? Oh, it's yeah, two. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> she was only little. She was <laughs> like two months old. Oh, but I got out of the car and it was like the seventh time I had pulled over. And I was like, this is so hard. And I was freaking out about like, I can't believe I have to drive so far to the chiropractor. And I just had this moment where I was like, Okay, I'm complaining about it being hot. I live in one of the most beautiful places in the world. My child crying. I have a child. Like, so many people would give their right arm just to have a baby. I'm in a car driving to see a health professional that I can afford who's gonna help fix my child. Mm. And I had this moment of like, WTF? Like, what are you complaining about? And so from then I made it my little project. I was like, I'm gonna start practicing gratitude because in that moment so much shifted for me. And I thought, imagine if people could just do that. Like when we were really feeling pain if we could find the gratitude in the pain and in the good, cause sometimes yeah. it's the good things that we complain about too. Yeah. And so I just started my own little mission on that. And then I was a bored housewife, so I wanted to study. So I studied health and integrative nutrition. And then yeah, I found it was just a good way to share what I was doing and friends loved it. So they shared it and it kind of just became something I didn't know how to control.
0: Yeah, right. Yeah. Which kind of led to the gratitude project.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. So I ended up starting the website because of it. Cause I was like, people need to do this. Do people not know?
0: And this had huge implications on your life. Huge. Not just psychologically, but also yep. from a health perspective.
1: Totally, I I mean, you know, again, migraines were something that I would be really stressed out about, but I found really great gratitude. So you in see that. Your
0: migraines all the time?
1: Terrible migraines. Wow. Like, you know, I think sometimes people get them and they're like, oh, I've got a migraine. And I'm like, you don't you have, do a have a migraine. I'm know. like, you are not on the floor vomiting. <laughs> With no eyesight. I'm like, you do not have a migraine. But, wow. yeah, so it, it allowed me to fix my health, which is something I wouldn't have got if I didn't get migraines, yep. which was such a blessing. And, you know, as well, I think if you don't have the bad you can't see the good so it's almost like you really need to be connected to the things that seem to not be serving you and see how they are serving you
0: yeah right you know stress is one of those things you know it's almost like this it's an epidemic you know in totally. our society yeah um but it's also one of those trigger things that is triggered by in most cases a lack of gratitude you know people so feel you know oh my god it's so hot yeah so, well okay you could be freezing your ass off in Siberia yeah. right now yeah you know oh my god my child is you know he's it, got the funny neck well you could have no child yeah. you could be barren or you could have you know a child with leukemia yeah. as an example you know yeah. and it's and it's a horrible contrast but it's one that i think is quite important totally. but what i'm curious to know is why why do you think especially with women the stress is becoming you know such this central theme in health that it's almost at epidemic levels do you think Instagram, I guess my basic way, do you think fucking Instagram has something to do with it? <laughs> I
1: was about to go there and I'm like, oh, do I go, go there? there. Honestly, I go. Because yes, I'm curious, like, what are the trends yes. that you
0: see that are the trick Because one of the things I read in your profile was yeah. about, you know, becoming aware of the triggers. Yes. You know, for, uh, when that was in reference to your mm-hmm. migraine. Totally. But I think it's, you know, it's a great life practice is becoming aware of our triggers, not just for the things that have, you know, ha- yeah. you know health effects, but also the things that have biochemical stress effects yeah. as well.
1: Yeah, yeah. And social media does that in a huge way. Like even I still have moments where I'm like, I need to unfollow that person, not because they're a bad person, but because they're triggering something in me that's not serving me. Yeah, right. And I don't think anyone's really immune to it. I think we all, well, I think you can get better at it, but I think we're all going to have those moments of, you know, that person's triggering this, that person's making me feel like I could be better or do more. And if you use that as fuel to grow, it's mm. amazing. But if you use it to just make you go into the scroll hole and.
0: Oh, the scroll hole.
1: The scroll hole. Oh, I just like get that. Digging. Yeah, well, yeah, dig digging, it. Oh, you my digging. God. Yeah, you deeper, see the and deeper, visuals deeper, right? and Yeah, the. the <laughs> the hands yeah. are going but no if it's if it's gonna cause that then there's no point yeah right you know
0: do you think that that women are more stressed today than they've ever been
1: I think so I think with Do you less, think your grandmother
0: would agree?
1: I think with less to be stressed about, we're not dealing with it like people used to. I think okay. it's just different. Like I look at my the stresses of my grandma would have been very different, but they sort of didn't have choices around yeah. that. So I think the difference with us is we almost have so many choices and so many things. And, you know, we see women doing all these things and being these super moms And it's like, well, how come I'm not doing that? And again, there are some people who instead of using that as their fuel, they use it as their reason to not, you know, I can't Mm. be this, I can't do that. She's better than me. She's got this sort. And also women are so bloody competitive. Like, if you breastfeed, you oh know, God. and then you tell everyone about yeah. it, and then the mum who can't feed is... God forbid, is, don't do it in public. Oh, my God, don't do it in yeah. public. But, you know, everyone's kind of judging, yeah. and social media in the mix. Everyone's judging on top of that. So, I think there's yeah, just...
0: Stress is one of those funny things. Like, you know, one of the things that we know about stress is, mm. you know, the, the biochemical response. You know, it releases a whole range of chemicals. One of them is cortisol. Yeah. Which, within about seven minutes, almost halves your IQ, which, you know, we can fundamentally battle test by asking who's ever done anything stupid while stressed, which, yeah. you know, everyone has. Yeah. Um, And it also becomes like this symbiotic loop of stress, stupidity, stupidity leading to more stress yep. le- leading to and it becomes this symbiotic loop yep. so it sounds to me like you were almost kind of not stuck and, I, and i'm not referencing anything in, in terms of stupidity yep. but it was almost sounds you were stuck in a bit of a loop totally. you pulled over something snapped you out of it what was the process that you took yourself through from then that you now teach other people to do
1: i literally just say in every single moment when i have my triggers so yep. i know um Oh gosh, I've forgotten who it is now. It's either Gary <laughs> V or No, it's Brendan Brashard. You know, when he goes through a doorway, that's yep. a trigger for him to bring the joy. Yeah, right. And so my husband and I have always had this thing of like, okay, what are our triggers? We get in the car, we think of gratitude. Yeah,
0: right. We get in
1: the house, we think of gratitude. We get on a phone call, we pick up our phone, you know, all these little bits and pieces of like, okay, where can we add more in? But I, when I'm actually teaching and working with someone one-on-one, it's not about like, you know, right now I could be like, oh, I'm so grateful I'm in this beautiful office and I'm talking to Cohen Ray and that's so amazing. But it's more about what are the things that I'm so grateful for that could actually bring me to tears if I took five minutes to sit Mm. and think about them. And they're the things that are super important. You know, they're the things that we need to really hone in on and spend more time being grateful for because we forget we get caught up with the little things you know I don't have that car or I live on the wrong street in my suburb or you know I don't get the promotion at work or whatever it might be it's really about thinking of the things that you do have because in my belief when you think about them it obviously grows and it makes it so much easier to get more of them well
0: it's interesting because gratitude and appreciation obviously intrinsically linked and when we look at the term appreciation it means you know for things to grow yeah and when we're ungrateful we are actually in depreciation which means things will actually start to atrophy yeah. So let's say, for example, you, you work with a client. You meet them, yep. you know, they're, they're uh, male, female, miserable, massive, ungratitude and entitlement. Where do you start when you're trying to turn someone around, you know, from a health perspective and from a, a gratitude perspective? Like, yep. Where's what, what, step one? Listening. Yeah, right.
1: I mean, you really have to find to out. To
0: themselves, to others?
1: Me listening to them first of all and right. then just literally relaying back what I'm hearing. Right. Because I think a lot of the time when someone hears what they're saying, you know, when someone actually verbalizes what they're feeling and you repeat it back to them, they hear what they're actually saying, which sometimes makes very little sense. Mm. You know?
0: So step one, hold up the mirror.
1: Yeah, okay. exactly. And just let them know what it is that they're thinking. But in your own words, I just, I...
0: So it sounds like it's, it's almost so a powerful. process of awareness. Like the one, yeah. you know, one of the first things you do is you reflect back to someone where they're at, what yeah. they're saying, yeah. to trigger a level of self-awareness or self-consciousness. So you go, well, shit. Yeah. Uh, I, can't, I cause Do you find that most people aren't aware of the things that are... No. Yeah, right. Well,
1: that's why they come to you. And a lot of people came to me as a coach and they were like, okay, well, you know, I want you to fix me and I'm going to pay you money. So, you're going to make my life better. and I was like, okay, sure. <laughs>
0: This would be Step interesting. One, talk to me. I'll <laughs> I'm listen. like, tell me everything. Yeah. Tell Step me two, everything. I'll tell it back to you. Yeah.
1: And then what? Well, I look. I don't think of myself in any way as the expert. I'm just basically there to help them figure it out for themselves. And I think that when you give people the space and opportunity to be heard, yep. so much can happen. And so you know, for me, I never say to people, okay, you should do this, this, and this. I just say to them, okay, let's talk about what's happening. Right they repeat back what, they, you know, what they're seeing in their mind, I repeat it back to them and then I say, what do you feel would be the most reasonable step now? Because people are so smart. Mm. People have such an innate knowing of what they need and what can improve their lives. And if they've found me, it's because they've read my blog and they understand what it is I do. So they've got some concept that gratitude is in the mix. Yeah. And they know.
0: Is that a core cool part of your work though? Like bringing people to a state of gratitude in order to transform their lives?
1: Definitely. Okay. I like a lot of different things. And I always say, you know, I don't think that my social media is really like, I'm gonna be the expert and teach you everything about health and gratitude and wellness. You know, at the end of the day, my social media was just to share my life and my own journey. Yeah. But I think that having that, there so that people can think about how they're doing things and how they're looking at things yep. it's just really beneficial.
0: Okay, so it sounds to me like your process is quite intuitive, like when you when you work yeah. with someone, it's, it's quite fluid and it's quite intuitive, yeah. but for someone who's following along, who's perhaps going, fuck, just like <laughs> literally give me a bouncing ball, now, something that I can follow, Um, you know, first of yep. all, I want to become self-aware, you know, yeah. the second thing, you know, I, I guess I'm looking for some structure here that we could actually teach to people yeah. that would help them with the process of gratitude.
1: Definitely, I think the first thing is it sounds, I, I feel like everyone's says it but it's the same thing start a gratitude journal start Mm. actually writing it down but have really strict guidelines around what it is so it's not just i'm grateful like i said before it's not i'm grateful for my home and dinner was awesome
0: you you touched on something key there like be grateful for the things that almost bring you to tears
1: yeah yeah like, if you think about your son, oh it's my Noah. God, don't make me
0: cry. Yeah.
1: But, I mean, if you think about yeah. the impact that he's had on your life, it, you know, and you could write the same thing every day, but it would still bring you to tears because he is such a miracle to you and such a beautiful part of your life. That's the kind of stuff you want to tap into because we do spend so much of our day feeling not so great, mm. feeling stressed. We rush. We're on social media in inappropriate amounts of time. And, you know, there's just so much going on that just – checking back in and being like oh my gosh there are things that I'm so happy about
0: do you ever sit down with people and say okay well let's actually discover what you're grateful for Mm. and they go well nothing
1: some like, people do. Yeah. yeah.
0: How, how do you make someone dig? Because I think a lot of people, they play at a very high surface level. Yeah. You know, they go, well, I'm, I'm grateful for my home. Yeah. You know, so, well, okay, well, everyone's yeah. grateful for, well, not everyone, but most people would be grateful for their home. Yeah. How do you get someone to tap into that that heart connection, that that, that level of yeah. emotional connection? Um, Gestalt that when they think about it, like all of a sudden, you know, the, the, the waterworks happen or, you know, or something deep happens. So Is there a process that you take people through?
1: I, per, again, I personally just think it's about really listening in. And you'll mm. notice with people that, you know, when I sat down, you said, what are you passionate about? I said, my kids. <laughs> so immediately, you know, asking questions like that. Whenever yeah. I start a session, I say, what's new and good today? Yeah, right. And so what's new and good? There's obviously gonna be something new and there's gonna be something good. And if they're like, no, there's nothing good. There's nothing new. Like really, that's curious. Can you tell me a bit more about that? And they're like, well, there's nothing, there's nothing new, there's nothing good. Everything is bad and awful. And it's like, okay, so tell me more about your day. Step by step, what's happened today that's been so bad and awful? They'll go through it and they'll talk about things. And then they kind of, again, it's just that bringing it out of them of, what is it that is actually so bad? And then repeating back to them. Mm -hmm. Oh, so your alarm went off earlier than you expected and you really didn't want to get out of bed. That's what happened. Your husband said that to you. Is that what he really meant when he said that though? You know, it's just asking those questions and I think, you know, as a step-by-step, as like you said, like a bouncy ball to play with. I think it is self-awareness and it's going, mm. okay, but what am I actually thinking and what's the actual truth?
0: So what are some practices that you recommend people can use in order to build self-awareness to become more conscious?
1: I, I have a strange one <laughs> and I oh, don't I know Go. Okay. Well, I had, I had, I don't need it anymore okay. because it's become like second nature, but I had an alarm on my phone that would go off every hour on the hour and say, what are you thinking about right now? And it would be, you know, I could be scrolling my phone. And when I did this, it's when I had my first daughter, and I would often just be at home feeding or, you know, playing. And I would pick up my phone and I would go, What am I thinking about right now? And it would just get me to check in with myself because I was very much in the self deprecating, too fat, too ugly, not rich enough, not smart enough, didn't finish school, loser, all of those things. So just for me, having an alarm on my phone that went, What are you thinking right now? Mm. If I was out with friends and I was sitting there going, you know, I'm, I'm not good enough to be here or I'm not a good mum compared to these women or look at their lunchbox they packed and, <laughs> you know, my lunchbox wasn't healthy enough. And I'd be like, what am I thinking about? And in that moment, I'd be like, you're being an idiot, like start asking better questions, you know?
0: Yeah, right. Do you yeah. do any form of mindfulness or meditation?
1: My husband and I do meditation. He's better than I am at Oh, it's being, a competition, is <laughs> It's it? a competition. Wow.
0: Is, this, is this something he told you or is this something he's worked <laughs> no, out? No, he's better
1: at the consistency. So I'm okay. very, I'm like incredibly driven and I'm like, I want to wake up. I want to start working. I want to get on my computer before the kids wake up. Whereas he's very much like, I wake up, I stretch, I sit on the balcony. So I need to learn more from him to be a little bit more routine. He wrote a book called Rule Your Routine and so for him routine is like such a big thing whereas for me I'm more creative and I'm like what do I feel like now maybe I want to get on my laptop in bed or maybe I want to go to the beach and I think sometimes that gets me away from the importance of meditation
0: it's interesting um, you mentioned what's your husband's name Hugh Hugh there was a research done. I think it was Gottman. The Gottman Institute did this research. I think it was back in the 60s or the mm. 70s where they interviewed a whole bunch of of, uh, of couples that were early in their relationship and they were looking for uh, behavioral cues. Yep. And then they, I think they re-interviewed them like 30 or 40 years later. To determine what couples were together and to see if there was any correlation between behavioural cues in the interview yep. and the marriages lasting um, and not and not lasting. But what yep. was really interesting is the one the one thing that they were able to predict. I think it was with about a, it was like. 82% accuracy in terms of if this was demonstrated in a uh, behavior in a relationship there was an 82% chance that relationship wasn't going to work do you want to take a guess at what it was
1: doing the same thing
0: no it was resentment
1: oh really yeah
0: like showing the emotion of yep. resentment yeah um, which is you know a form of depreciation yeah we're looking at the the aspect of the individual oh fuck I hate that because you know, it's interesting relationships you know people are in that honeymoon phase they're like, you know you see you're lying beside that new loved one you're like oh totally. gosh I love the way their nose whistles when they sleep <laughs> So cute, <laughs> and like three years later, you look at me going, I'm fucking sweating, I'm gonna smother you with a pillow if I hear you whistle. <laughs> we and all I, have those moments. <laughs> yeah, <I> know, right? <laughs> with the work that you do, yeah. when it comes to relationships, which is such an intimate thing yeah. with such a uh, pervasive things, because, you know, when we're in a relationship, it typically is with someone that we're spending lots of time. And not, it's yeah. not even with intimate relationships, with relationships in general. Have you got any little hacks in terms of how to help people turn their relationships around from going from that whole, oh, fuck, my life sucks in the relationship context. Oh, my God, my partner sucks. Yeah. To, you know, okay, well, maybe if you started doing this, this yeah. might actually, you know, reveal to you what was already there, which is why you fell in love with them in the first place,
1: yeah, and actually, I don't, but I will tell you a story which might give Please. some clues. Um, my husband, I used to hate my husband, we were on <laughs> the verge of or- this was before so. We've been together 14 years.
0: Holy shit! A very long time. Congratulations! I was
1: like 16. Oh my um, god! He should
0: be in jail. <laughs> he
1: should be. Or he, or was get tw- an award. he was I'm not 25. Sure. <laughs> I don't know. Either right. way, um, but yeah, we went through a stage where we really resented each other. Yeah, right. I can't speak for him, but I know that I saw him working too much. We had our first daughter. I was like, "You're never home when How you are you home." How old were you had your first daughter? If you do I was 24. Yeah. Right. Okay. Or 25, 25. Um, But yeah, so I, I resented him. He was never home, he worked too much and he was always on his phone when he was home. And then, you know, I think he would get frustrated with me because I would put pressure on him of like, you know, when you get home, you should get home at this time because I'm gonna have dinner ready and you should be so grateful that I made you this goddamn dinner. And he was thinking, obviously, you know, I'm working so hard to give you this amazing life and you just like want me home. But I had this longing for him all day when he was at work and then he would get home and not be what I wanted him to be. Mm. And it was that expectation that absolutely killed us because he was doing his best with what he had back then. You know, he had a very stressful job. He had a lot of demands on him. He had so much going on. And I was over here saying like, you need to give me attention. You need to come home at the time when I say you need to put your phone away, even though it's part of your job to have your phone on you all the time. And I had expectations on top of expectations, on top of expectations. And he just wanted to be loved for him. Mm. And it was that for me, it was that realization of I can't expect him to be what I need him to be. We need to work together to figure out how we best meld together. And for him, it was, you know, he wasn't living his passion as well. And so we both had our own issues. He wasn't happy in what he was doing in life. And I wasn't happy with basically expecting him to be the husband of the year. And once I dropped those expectations, it was so crazy how much he just opened up, you know suddenly this is when he started meditating and started getting into health and fitness and it was almost like me no longer smothering him and putting all that on him Of you have to be this guy allowed him to go okay but who do i actually want to be for him not for me Mm. you know who do i want to be without having to be dad husband employee you know I think that that's something. I, I think, think that having that's
0: some really fucking good advice, like right there. But I'm curious to know, like, how do you love someone for who they are when you want them to be something that then, when they're showing up differently than how you want them to be?
1: I think it's on you personally, because I know it was on me. Oh,
0: I couldn't agree more.
1: It was so much like, this is but what I, I need, and my to, insecurities.
0: To, to Mr. or Mrs. who's sitting there right now going, but, 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 but,
1: but, I But that, she does yeah. that. Like, you yeah. don't understand that Like, they, they, they
0: like. I, I, How do you fucking snap someone out of it?
1: I think, in my belief, it's got to be a separate journey. Mm. And I don't think, like, I'm not saying people should separate, but I think it's about looking within of what you need. Well, you kind of point towards you.
0: codependence. It's like you know, you, you, everyone's you know on their. You got to stay on your own side of the street, right?
1: Totally, stay you, in your own lane.
0: Your your own lane, be in your own journey. Yeah. But I, and I think you also nailed it with the expectations as well.
1: Yeah, you can't have expectations on someone else on what they can be. I mean, you can have standards, you know. Mm. Don't beat me up, don't speak to me in a certain way. There's things like that. But I mean, when it comes to looking at someone who's doing their best with what they've got, acknowledging that and being really grateful that that's what they're doing. And if they're not doing their best, then just asking the questions, you know, what is it that you want? How do you feel our relationship is going? I think that for us, we never spoke about our relationship. Yeah, right. I often spoke to him about, you're not showing up, you're not being a good father, Bo went to sleep tonight and you weren't there to kiss her goodnight, and I was often saying those things, but we never in that time had this, you know, just sitting down and saying, okay, well, where do you feel we're good and where do you feel we need to improve? It's just a conversation. Mm. I don't know if we have it.
0: As a part of your gratitude project, like is that something that you you do in your own life in terms of with the relationship, you sit down and you ponder on the things that almost bring you to tears?
1: Yeah, I mean we have we used to do it weekly and we now do it monthly because we found that we were getting bored with it. But (laughs) Sunday night check in (laughs) Um, yeah, right. And we've got a circle of life, sort of similar to Tony Robbins' Wheel of Life, where it's the areas of our life that we want to make sure are always on top of. So yeah. things like nutrition, fitness, um, joy, creativity, home environment. I'm very much a Libra. I need my things to be pretty. You're a Libra. I'm, a Libra. I'm a Libra.
0: Yeah, right. You're Libras, awesome. man. I know. The best. Aren't we good? That's
1: why your office is so beautiful. I know, right?
0: Like they are the most uh, desired. Uh, this is true. I've, I read it in a book, so it has to be true. And it was also on the internet. They're the most uh, desired. Uh, but not in the naughty way, Um, Zodiac in the... Fucking calendar, whatever it is. Anyway, we're the best. Boom. Basically, we're but the best. Basically, drop the mic. we're awesome.
1: Yeah. mic drop. Um, I totally forget where I was going with that. That's
0: okay. We went somewhere really special, yeah, which is no, highlighting the world. Liberty how amazing. great we are. Yep.
1: Um, yeah. No, we did a check-in. So yep. every Sunday night, we would do a check-in, and we'd be like, "Okay, where are we here?" And relationships was one of them. And so we would not only talk about our relationship, but we would talk about the relationships of our friends and the people that we're surrounding ourselves with, and how we feel about that. And you know, we do it once a month now because yeah like i said it kind of gets to a point where you're like okay well we know we're continuously working on things but i think again for me everything just comes back to awareness and if you don't know what you're doing or if you're not aware of what you're thinking about how can you really go about changing it Mm. so just having rituals you know whether it is an alarm on your phone that says like what are you doing what are you thinking about are you being positive or are you being like a neg ferret Um, (laughs) And then also having rituals with your partner, with your significant other. I mean, I feel like... Maybe doing that with friends could be a little bit weird. Like, hey, let's check in with like our circle of life and it's like your buddy. Um, But I think with a significant other, it's important to do that. And parenting is one of the things as well. How
0: deep do you go? Because, you know, some people when they have their check-ins, you know, they they play at a surface level because they don't want to touch on things that perhaps trigger, you know, and the emotions in in others. Which is sometimes what is required in order to bring the stuff up that needs to be, that's festering, that needs to heal.
1: Depends on the day.
0: It depends on the day. Yeah, yeah. If I'm
1: in a mood and you know Because I, you're
0: a Libra, you love harmony. Yeah. You're the yeah. ultimate diplomat.
1: No, not with my husband. Oh, you're not? <laughs> I'm like, this isn't working. <laughs> we need to change it. Uh,
0: okay, I agree with that. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. But do you do you seek um, as a Libra in these check-ins or as just yeah. as a woman in these check-ins, what, what is more important to you? Open and honesty or or maintaining balance and harmony? Growth. Ooh, wow, fucking sidewinder. Sorry. No, please.
1: <laughs> no, but I think Jeez growth is most important. Because yeah. I'm like a you no, I always and what look underpins at pins growth? Probably harmony for me. Really? I do like harmony. No, you but do like we harmony. do... I do like harmony in my day-to-day life, but with my husband, I'm very... But when it's, you it's think about the things that have
0: open. created the, the highest level of growth in your yep, life... Yeah, Were they the things that oh, happened no, in... I Were honesty. Were they the things that happened in a harmonious environment or Definitely were the things not. that happened... Well, that's kind of mm. where I was going. Do you know mm. what I mean?
1: Are schooling me right now? No, <laughs> I'm totally, having a great <laughs> I conversation. kind of love it. Can I be coached by <laughs> Cohen Ray today? Can we just make this <laughs> a coaching session? coaching with Kerwin.
0: But, you know, because I sometimes think, you know, everyone... Personal development is yep. easy when it's 28 degrees. You know, there's a there's a 12-knot wind. Yeah. And, you know, you're, 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 you're fucking piloting your ship and there's dolphins on the starboard bow, right? Yeah.
1: Personal development is never easy. It's so uncomfortable.
0: But w- I guess this is where I'm going to. Like, how important yep. as a part of, you know, getting to a point of being in gratitude as a part of this project yep. is being able to deal with challenge in your world?
1: I think that it's really important, but I think that it, it doesn't come... For me personally, it hasn't come through choice. Mm. The uncomfortable moments have been out of my control. So, it's kind of like, you know, it'll be... So, you've never
0: pursued levels of discomfort because you felt unheard or...
1: Oh, I'll definitely pick a fight. Yeah. But I mean, on the bigger scale, like the things that I'm like, that's something I really needed to learn or this is something I really needed to go into a little bit more. It'll be something that's uncomfortable. Like, you know, someone will say something or I'll get an email saying I didn't behave in a good way when it came to a business relationship. And it's like, okay, that was super uncomfortable, but that's something that I need to go into and change. Mm. You know what I mean? So I think for me personally, I haven't ever gone, okay, I'm going to get super uncomfortable without guidance. So when I go to, you know, Tony Robbins or, you know, we've got a course in October in Melbourne and I'm like, when I go to things like that, I am going in because I know I'm going to get uncomfortable. I'm going to cry my eyes out. I'm going to be like doing the Kim Kardashian ugly cry. (laughs) I'm going to be hurting. I'm going to (sighs) be angry. I'm probably going to want to like hit my husband a few times, but I'm like, that can is we when film, this
0: sounds amazing we should film this <laughs> I we should send a crew this, film it. no
1: could be viral. <laughs> it could go viral yeah. but you know it's like you go into things like that feeling really supported yeah. whereas i'm very aware that in my female fragile sometimes nature i want to be supported when i'm going through growth and i mm. want to know that there are people that are there that can really sort of facilitate that growth with me which is why i'm such an advocate of coaching so you know it's like when you say you know give us three things to do i'm like well giving people three things is good but sometimes if there's going to be big shifts you do need someone there and whether it's a partner who can do that which i don't think many partners can unless they're actually trained to do something it's like so that hard to
0: be a partner and support a loved one through growth in some respects yeah. why yep. do
1: you think that is Oh, you don't want them to hurt.
0: Yeah, right.
1: I don't want my husband to be sad. Mm-hmm. But I think it's in our nature. Yep. When you're not as aware, I think it's in our nature. When someone's sad, you know, you go to touch them. When what you need to do is not touch them and not react, just listen. Yeah, and when it's someone you love, you're like you're seeing this pain, and you're like, oh my gosh, you know, I I don't want you to be in pain. And sometimes that short term discomfort, because at the end of the day, we don't want them to be in pain because we don't want to be uncomfortable. Mm. Because like how uncomfortable is it if you started bawling your eyes out? I'd be like, whoa, this is awkward. Wow, I
0: thought we had that kind of relationship. No, we do, but you know, it's
1: that it's that. Okay, (laughs) well, if I just sit here, it's super weird. So I'm gonna. To try and make you feel better because mm. it makes me feel better and I almost feel like it's just selfish to try and make your partner feel better for your own comfort so it's that again and it's the awareness of like okay well for them to go through something maybe I just need to witness it
0: Wow, you know two, two great pieces of advice that I was given, one was learning to ask the question um, when I was in and at like a, 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 a like when my wife, God bless her, God bless her, she's my ex-wife now, um, whenever we were having big discussions, um, a a friend of mine gave me a piece of advice. Like whenever she came to me, she's like, okay, Kerwin, whenever she comes to you and she's downloading, you need to ask just two questions. Do you want me to fix or do you want me to listen? Yeah. And that for me was actually quite revolutionary because sometimes it's just, no, I just want you to listen and being men like our goal like give us a fucking drill and a tool yeah. belt and we'll, we'll, fix, we'll patch that shit up we'll get you right hon don't you worry about yeah, that yeah. do you think that's a common trait when it comes to you know the dynamics in yeah, relationships
1: for sure and Hugh actually I don't even know where he heard that exact thing though right. but he does the same thing yeah right am I fixing this or am I just listening are you just venting or are we problem solving together and for me that question is like oh okay Like, I can just vent and I'm good. Or yeah, like we need to problem solve and let's do this together because two heads are better than one, you know? And I think that for a lot of men, it is like you said, you get in, like the wife's in pain, it's like, I've got to fix it. Well, I can. I have to. I've got all that. I'm the a best man. Advi- ex-
0: And I've got the I best advice in the world. Yeah. Which is interesting from a coaching perspective, and this is why I'm a big advocate of coaching in the right environment as yeah. well, Yeah. is because sometimes we can hear the same thing like literally 3,000 times from an individual. <laughs> this is the biggest <laughs> piece of feedback I get from couples who come to our events. They come to me and go, I've been telling my husband this for six yep. years. He hears it once from you and it's fucking gospel. And I'm like, well, yeah. that's just how it rolls sometimes. Yeah. The second great piece of advice that I got, um, because I'm very similar to you by the sounds of it, you sound like you're quite, you pursue growth. Would you say you're a growth addict?
1: I don't like to be an addict of anything.
0: Everyone's an addict. It's okay. a spectrum.
1: I kind of like I it. I can
0: find where your compulsive okay. behaviors are. Don't make me go there. <laughs> um, okay. Do you have a very high value on growth? I'll use the language. Yes. Of this there we very go. Very much
1: so. I'm definitely addicted.
0: So, ladies and gentlemen, look that meet. There we go. She said it for me. <laughs> so, anyway, like uh, I once learned the power of Pain, you know. Even Buddha said, it, "The greater the pain, the greater the awakening." Right? Yeah. And I learned early in my my de- my own personal development, my, well, early in my journey of becoming more self conscious and seeing the relationship between consciousness and what was creating growth. That shit, you know, when I'm uh, in chaos, when I'm in challenge, when I'm in pain, that's when I have the most growth. Yeah. And me being, I'm an addictive personality, right? I was like, right, so I know what to do to become the very best human being I can. I am just going to manifest a life of constant challenge, constant chaos, constant pain. And
1: what is it, like six near-death experiences? Seven. Seven. Like, it's not okay. a competition.
0: But I literally, I, I got to the point in my life where I was like, fuck, this is, this is quite exhausting. Mm. And I sat down with uh, John Martini, and he said to me, he said, you do you realize you can actually achieve just as much growth from peace as you can from war? And the penny was like, oh, he could have fucking hit me with his sledgehammer. I was like, oh my Mm -hmm. God. Like, it's almost like I've been living this life in the pursuit of chaos, because my value on growth was so high, yeah. but unrelenting to the fact that we can actually grow without conflict, we can actually grow without pain. Yep. Wh- which is interesting, because you kind of alluded to that earlier in the conversation. Where do you find personally you get the most growth? Is it from challenge or is it from that, that contemplation, that contemplation, that reflection, that consciousness mm. that you bring into certain situations and moments?
1: I would say most recently it's from Calm. But
0: Do you think that's a stage of life?
1: No, well I think in the past when I've had when I've had challenges, I haven't been as resourceful as I know I am now. Right. So now I can look at a challenge and I can be a little bit more aware of what's going on. Right. Whereas in the past when I had challenges and I wasn't in a really excited mindset about growth, I would be unresourceful. Now, if a challenge was to come along and I, I must admit we haven't had see I look at challenges as you know having a stroke or you know one of your many accidents that I believe you've had where that's a big challenge I haven't had anything like that in the last few years yeah right whereas in the past having things we can like arrange that it. we
0: were like at least two floors up here we sure. can we can make sure we could
1: bungee <laughs> yeah. jump I'd do it um yeah no but I think when I was unresourceful I, I had not much growth mm. being more resourceful now I feel better equipped to deal with a challenge but my recent growth has definitely been from a very calm space
0: mm. yeah you, and again, I come back to that question. Do you think that's a stage of life?
1: Definitely. Yeah.
0: Can we ask how old you are? I'm 30. I hate it when people do that. They say, I'm 30. It's like,
1: 30. you think that's old? No, but it's just like, I've for so many years I've been in my 20s and now I'm 30. You
0: don't look a day over 29. God. Great. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Thanks. All right. So, um. When it comes to the kids, yeah. um, I think you know kids are one of those things. They have this incredible ability about to push our buttons, you know, especially yeah. the age that you're dealing with now. Um, you know, I, I'm an expert. I've got one four and a half year old, yep. and one of the things I've observed in my own life is fuck. Sometimes you know, you, you, some people say I just want to wring their little necks. Like I've i I've, I've never been like that, I, and I think that's the good thing about having kids for me later in life. I did yeah. all my silly shit before I had kids. To the point I feel like I'm better equipped now not to fuck him up as much as what I would have beforehand <laughs> um, but they still push our buttons right yeah and they still give us a lot of things to complain about and whinge about yeah how do you remain grateful when you've got you know a five-year-old who is you know l- l- smearing <laughs> shit on the window and you've got a one-and-a-half-year-old that is crying for mummy because she's got an earache in yeah. those situations because this is one of the things that I've discovered gratitude is so as an energy yeah. as a force is so important in parenting yeah because it's a vibration that they feel totally and when the shit is going down, one of the things I've learned is that's when kids need to feel safe. Like yeah. when the kids are having their meltdown, that's when they need to feel safe. That's when they need to feel secure. But yeah. most of the time, when kids are having their meltdown, the parents respond by having their having own a meltdown. fucking meltdown, yeah. right? Yeah. So, how do you maintain high levels? Surely you must be you have know, gone through a few trenches right now. Yeah. Where, you know. Kids are nuts. They are a little bit crazy. Vanessa Lapointe, oh, one of okay. the top child psychologists in the world, she said, look, this is the. I think the biggest challenge she said people have for kids is they expect kids to be clean, quiet, well-behaved, and simple. Kids are fucking messy. Kids are loud. Kids are destructive. They literally rip shit up because that's how they experience the world. But when kids are like that, when they need us to be at our most... You know present and are most grateful from an energy perspective like how have you found ways to stay grateful when you know they're pushing every single button and everyone's didn't even know you had
1: look i think what you said before i'm very aware that my energy is what they play out Mm. so for me it's very much about going you know when they're being crazy what do i need to do and sometimes it's as simple as like i put on really calming meditative music and they keep going crazy for a little while but eventually they come back down and then other times i'm super unresourceful and i'm like ah i just want to yell at you and get your freaking shoes on we're gonna go to school (laughs) and i get really frustrated because i'm human of course but most of the time i'm like if they're being kind of crazy either it's fine and i need to let them be crazy and I'm very neat and so it's been a oh, personal challenge gosh. for me to have children no who have you've manifested stuff. girls oh. yeah you and need so, a boy in your life huh? yeah well it's just it's <laughs> just for me I need to constantly remind myself that it's okay that there are toys on the floor it's okay that she tried to make her bed and it looks awful and the corners aren't even like it's okay and so they are definitely I'm, not an addict, I'm just OCD so <laughs> it just really like neat places no but for me I'm like every time they do something I have to look at what it is about me that needs to be yeah, addressed right. in that moment so their messiness yeah. which my 5 year old I'm like can you just clean your room and not just put everything up on your bookshelf put it away she doesn't because she's 5 <laughs> exactly and she wants to play and be wild and I just read a really great book from um Steve Bidoff, he wrote a book called "How like Raising Boys or something, he's written one about girls and it's just been so helpful because it's just that reminder that they do need to be wild, they need to be out Mm. in nature, they need to be creating they need to be picking up sticks and little girls are taught to be so prim and proper and we put them in these perfectly styled outfits and then we tell them not to get dirty and you know, to be little ladies and to be quiet and be seen but not heard but I'm like, that's not the way that they're meant to be they're meant to be wild and crazy and respectful of adults, but also to children mm. and then we look and we kind of complain that our 14 year olds are you know already having sex and they're on social media too much but it's like well when they were little what were they doing were they being a child were they allowed to just be wild or were they being kind of put into a category where they were being treated like they were older and more mature than they actually are
0: you know it kind of reminds me of something that Vanessa landed on me which is the importance of building trust with our kids yeah um, by influencing them not through threat through actual conversation because you're saying the reason that most kids get to 14 and go completely rebellious and don't listen to their parents is because the only way that the parent got the child to comply up until the age of 14 was through threat. Yeah. And if we use threat as a way to create compliance, they'll never trust us.
1: Totally. Because it'll
0: always be, it'll be forced compliance. It'll be, you know, compliance based on the ability to feel safe. And the moment yep. they get the physical resources to fight back, they become rebellious.
1: And then also they get to a point where they do things for validation from other people. Mm. So then suddenly we're wondering, You know why when they're older, they're dressing for boys or they're doing things for boys when our whole life we've been like, you've got to do this or you don't get that. So they're like, okay, I've got to act this way or I don't get that without giving them the resources or the sort of, um, gosh, I can't even think of the word. I'm having a blonde moment. Giving them the tools to be able to go, okay, I can make up my own mind right now Mm. and I can make a smart decision and we almost don't give them that trust. And we always speak to our girls like they're adults, like... If I'm upset about something, I will cry in front of them and I will be like, you know what, mummy's upset because of this, this and this. Or if I yell at them, I'm always really mindful, even if my one and a half year old, to sit them down and be like, this is why I got angry. This is what I was feeling. Mm. And maybe I didn't handle it the right way and I'm sorry, but this is why I did what I did. And I just think that having that awareness around what we're teaching them you know what i mean what they're
0: modeling yeah, yeah
1: and like be obedient and if someone yells and tells you to do something you should do it and it's like well maybe that's not the best way well
0: there's a parenting book by a guy called james oliver called the title of the book is called and it's on parenting like it's called they fuck you up which is actually quite an appropriate title for some parents um but anyway do, do you know the, yep. the, the 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 greatest teacher that i've ever had when it comes to parenting at an energetic level mm-hmm. cesar milan The dog whisperer. I know, right? Because he's all about (laughs) what's really interesting. He goes, I don't train dogs. He goes, I rehabilitate dogs and I train the human
1: totally because
0: he says totally. dog's behaviors are not the dog's behaviors they're the reflection of the human and the way yes. the human is trying to control them
1: yeah it's like when you sleep tra- train a child yeah you're not sleep training the child you're sleep training yourself <laughs> like you're trying to be less reactive and not get up and give them milk and do these things you're and training. Get angry yeah. which exactly you know, spikes them up yep. as well yeah
0: um, and cause he's all about calm, assertive leadership yeah. and you know, I've discovered that it works incredibly well with a child, you know, with a team, uh, with the community, with anyone, like the more yeah. calm we stay because we're, you know, we're social beings, yeah. uh, we're herd animals, uh, we're troop animals, which means as a, we, we typically fundamentally, we, we follow the person that we think, you know, got their shit together more than what we have and um yeah you know, i think most people kind of think that intensity as a parent yeah. is what's required strong strict mm-hmm. discipline whereas when we're actually calm and kind and gentle yeah there's a much greater level of trust and rapport and more likely they're actually going to follow what it is it we want them to do yeah so um look you've been amazing but i'm curious okay so from the moment you pulled over in your car yes. when you were taking your daughter is her neck okay back
1: there yeah so yes, neck is fine she's got a slightly flat head on one side okay but she's fine otherwise what star sign is she Um, She's Gemini and a Taurus, she's on the cusp. Oh wow, Mm. she's gonna be a handful. Already is. (laughs) So between
0: then and now, it sounds like a lot has happened, yeah?
1: A lot. We, we don't have enough we time. We don't have enough time. Well, we do. I have nowhere to be. But, but if there yeah. was,
0: and I know you don't like the three count, but if there was like yeah. one,
1: <laughs> here we one, go. One,
0: one, let's go one. Okay. We'll, we'll do one. If there was one piece of advice that you would give people yeah. when it comes to experiencing more fulfillment in their life, yeah. whether it be related to gratitude or whatever, irrelevant, what's the greatest piece of advice you could give someone to, to live a healthier, happier life?
1: Awareness. Just be aware don't let yourself be with your head in the sand. I know that so many women that I've spoken to in my coaching, they say, when I start to feel uncomfortable, I pick up my phone and scroll. I go to the kitchen and get food. I call that guy who I know is just using me for sex. I, you know, They, they make the bad choice, but it's not the bad choice that's the issue. It's what happens right before you make that choice. Mm. What happens right before you get a cookie? What happens right before you get in the scroll hole or you fight with your partner? You know, It's what happens before those things. And for me, I personally believe the only way to get through them is awareness.
0: Mm. I, I actually believe awareness is the, it's a cure for everything yeah you know, it really is yeah um so how can people find out more about you
1: i mean i'm always on instagram because it's fun you are
0: an, an instagram like I'm, literally like I always i was, was looking at first came across instagram i was like wow like you're literally like an instagram model are you no no i just
1: now that my husband doesn't work i get like he just takes photos all the time <laughs> <laughs> i'm like you got to do something you gotta like you're at home come on like you got to do something. Take a photo. Yeah, right. I need, I need content. Come on. So, people can find you on Instagram. Yep. Instagram, gratitude underscore project. You can nice. go to my website, which is the gratitudeproject.com. I'm on Facebook. You got any books coming out? I don't.
0: Yes. Like me neither. Like anyone tells me I need a book. Like I'm I so uncool. Even your husband's got a book.
1: My husband's got a book and I don't have a book. Maybe wow. we start a competition. Maybe we should
0: like, yeah, write our own books.
1: I would like to write a book, but I... I I enjoy being led and I would like to be told what to write about.
0: Yeah, right. Yeah. Maybe you need a ghostwriter. No, I want to
1: write. Oh, okay. But I want to know what topic people want most, which I mean, very easily I could just say, what do you guys want to know more about? And I could do that, but it's also a lot of time. I'm very much focused on my family right now. We've got Hugh back home from work and we've got two girls and I'm like, I don't want to put more on my plate than I can handle at this moment. That's
0: fantastic. You know? Angela, thank you so much for coming into Superhuman. No, it's been an absolute pleasure. You are an absolute ray of sunshine. So, uh, congratulations on on, on the gratitude project, and I wish you every success. Thank you. Uh, And I have a feeling we're going to be seeing you again. Hopefully. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) (laughs) There you have it, guys. Thanks for tuning in to Unstoppable with me, your host. Kerwin Ray, and do me a favor, don't forget to drop me a review on iTunes. Would love to hear what you think. I love reading what you guys have to say and your reviews. Make sure we keep creating killer content just like this. If you want to stay up to date with me and all my movements, please jump onto the website, KerwinRay.com, and also check us out on social media at Kerwin Ray.